if you have a Yid who's sitting in Beis Medrash and learning, and he's a big Talmud Chacham, and he decides he's going to learn Hilcha So part of his time, most of his time, is going to be spent learning Masech Techulin and the Halacha Lamais of the Shechita, but some of his time is going to be spent learning the biology of cows. And he's going to be looking at pictures. Nowadays they have much better pictures than I was when I was learning the halachas of a cow intestine and what a kona is and a voishet is. And no matter how big he is, nobody's going to uh, say that he could learn hilcheshchita without knowing the necessary biology of a cow. Now, if you're not learning hilcheshchita, it would be just a waste of time to learn about the cow's innards. But if you want to become a shaykhit, you need to do it. If you want to become a cipher, part of the time you spend is going to be learning how to cut a quill, uh, cut a uh, feather into a quill. It's actually not an easy thing. Uh, but you're going to be spending time how to, learning how to do it. If you are not a cipher, then that would just be a waste of time. If a person's just sitting in the base medrash learning and he's not going to be a cipher and he's not going to be a shaykhit, he doesn't have to spend any time on this. Now, there's another position in Klal Yisrael, that if a person wants to function in it, he's going to have to spend time learning other things as well. One of them is a manhig. A manhig means somebody who's a leader in Klal Yisrael. He's a rav, he's a rebbe, he's a rosh Hashiva, or he's an advisor to people. Whatever his position is, if he affects other people, then he's going to have to learn other things just like the shaykhit and the soif and the cipher does and a lot of people don't get this there's a very big misunderstanding where people think that if a person is a big talmud chacham and maybe he's uh, a big tzaddik also let's say he's both very very qualified a gadol hador that itself would qualify him to lead Klal role, but it's mamish not true. And most of the things we're going to have today, we're going to have today are, I, I don't really have chedushim, because the shir that I'm giving tonight is in response to a s- couple of people that asked me this question, and unfortunately they said, well, they're confused because they see, uh, they have questions, and I, I, I need to answer their question. So the first we're going to start with a, a vote from the Satmar Rebbe, and we're going to have a, most of the stuff I'm going to say tonight is from him, because he took this topic of being a manig bisrol and he made it into a whole sugya. And I don't know any other place, or places, because I had a call from many of many places in his writings and biographies and um, drushes, that you're going to find this information. So, let's start. He used to say, First, in the Haggadah, when it says, it doesn't say Tzadik because it wants to teach us a lesson. It wants to teach us that in order to be Manik Klal Yisrael, it's not enough for Manik to be a leader, to, be, uh, to excel in Torah and Yir Shemayim and Kedusha. He has to also know what's going on in the world. It's very simple. He has to know to be able to recognize the tricks of the Rishoyim, the tactics of the bad people that he needs to protect his people from, and he needs to know all the information that 
is necessary to know in all the topics that he's dealing with. He's dealing with people. He needs to understand how to protect his people from things. And if he doesn't know anything about those things, he's not going to be able to do it. He has to know a lot about the world. There was once a, a story where somebody once came to the Satmareb and he was by a certain Sadik and he was praising that Sadik, saying that he saw a Rangatan in his learning in his Avoidus Hashem. He mamish doesn't know what's going on anywhere in the world. He doesn't know what's going on outside of his Dalaramis. So the Satan Rebbe said, and I'm going to quote in Yiddish, he, sends, he said, Uns hat gelernt. That's not what we learned. The ganze Welt is hevel havolem, aber man darf wissen genoi was The whole world is nothing, but you have to know what's doing in it. Now, he's not talking about us, everybody. If somebody wants to sit in, in his Dalet Amis and, and learn or just take care of himself and not be a leader of anybody, then this doesn't apply to him. But there's a difference between, just like there's a difference between somebody who knows the halachas of uh, Safras and somebody who can actually do the work because he learns with the umness of Safras and the same thing with Shechita. Theoretically, he may know what, that there's such a thing as a kon and a voishet, but if you give him a cow to, to do Shechita with, he will have no idea what it is. So too, a manhig. Once you're in that position, you need to be able to know what's going on in the world. There was once where uh, somebody was reading to the Satmareb something from a newspaper, and he had people informing him on everything that's going on anywhere. That's not Gea, any of his people or any uh, thing that he had to make a decision about. And he found out that the person who was reading him the article uh, skipped something, because he felt that it wasn't important for the Rebbe to know it. And he called him in, and he, he had a hakpada. He said, you should know. I need to know all the details. When you tell me what's written in the newspaper, this is Neugeia, it's Neugeia, everything that it says. And it's my obligation to know everything in detail and specifics. And you have no right to decide with your own mind what... Detail is important for me to know and what I don't have to know. And he had a raya. He said the Gemara says in Baba Basra, had a question whether to say a certain halacha or not. And then the context over there was, he was mesopic whether he should say this, whether he should reveal this, because if he does, He's going to be re- revealing a way for the Ramoyim to cheat. And people will learn to cheat from his, from his uh, statement. And however, on the other hand, he said it will be a very big problem if he doesn't reveal it. Because if he doesn't reveal it, Shema Yoimru, Shein Chachomim Bekiim B'maseihem. The tricksters, the Ramoyim, the liars, the crooks are going to say, that the Chachamim don't know our tricks. And at the end, his Hachlota was to say it, and he said, Yeshorim Darche Hashem, Tzadikim Yelchubom, Rishoyim Yikoshlubom, and Chazal were machria, therefore, to publicize the tricks of the evildoers, even though that there's a big concern that people are going to learn to fool people because of them. They'll learn the ways of the Shakronim. But this Cheshash, of maybe the 
the, the Shakronim are going to say, the Rishonim are going to say, the Chachomim are not experts in our tricks, was the deciding factor. So he says the Divriyoyal, Kalvachoymer, what a big problem it would be if the Chachomim really don't know the tricks of the Rishonim. He says, if the Rishonim are going to think that the Chachomim don't know our tricks, so it's, it's worse, it's worse if the Rishonim don't, if the Rishonim would say, if the Rishonim think that we're not aware of what, the, the, what they're doing, that would lead to more damage than if we revealed to people how to be tricksters. Because the Rishonim need to know that the Chachomim know what's going on because they need, that's a deterrent. Kalvachoimer, he said, Ben Benoishel Kalvachoimer, just imagine what a big problem it would be if the Chachomim really don't know the tricks of the Rishoyim. Elsewhere, he, he brings a Rambam. The Rambam says that uh, in Hilcha Sanhedrin, uh, that Maker Hadin, a Dayan is supposed to judge Alpi Umdon Liboy, meaning that he's supposed to judge based on not only hard evidence, but his sense of what's going on. Who he believes, who he doesn't believe, who he, who he recognizes as telling the truth and not telling the truth, what he really senses is going on. But quote, says the Rambam, When, unfortunately, there was a proliferation of Bezdins that were that didn't behave so well, but there were also Erlicha Bezdins, but they weren't such wise people. You had one or the other. You had Erlicha people, you had Erlicha Bezdins, but you had the wise Bezdins. And because you had, there was a split. It used to be they were very Erlich and they were very wise. Then it split. So we don't do that anymore. Now we judge based on hard evidence. We don't use our senses anymore. I know in the secular courts and the juries, they're told to use your, your sense of things, which is, I, I don't think is a good idea at all, because given to people that are not Chachamim and that are not Erlich, uh, you see from this Rambam that that's not a smart thing. You need both. One or the other is also not good. If you have none, then no, you stick to the hard evidence. You, you should not be able to say, well, you know, I, I don't believe him. Um, so he says the Divriyoyal that it's mochuch from here that the that it's possible to get dayonim bezdins bizman hazeh on the days where the Rambam wrote it when he was referring to that are erlich people that are erlich and it's possible to get chachomim that's not a problem but the problem is getting both together people that are, we really mean street smart, not Torah smart, people that have this, this uh, sense, this chush for what's going on, that are charifim and chachomim in what's going on, you can have that, but they're not going to be the Erlicha ones, and the Erlicha ones are not going to be the Harifim and Chachomim. So he said like this, that Alpiroiv, those Yirei Shemayim that 
stay away from the vanities of Olam Hazeh. They're Tamimim. And they're not really capable of judging according to their senses because they're just, they're, they're Tamimistic. And the Charifim and the Chachomim in the ways of the world aren't really so Erlich. And it's very hard to find a manhig that has both milas together at once. Sidkis and Chochma. And this is what the Rambam's talking about, that in his days such a thing was not Motsui. So, so Bizman Hazeh, Bizman Hazeh, what does that say for us? Quote, this came from the, the Rosh Hashiva. He's not, not around anymore. He was sniffed a, little, a long time ago. Nosen Yosef Meisels, he was the Rosh Hashiva in Satma when I was a Bacha. He said, Al Piroiv, Hamanhigim Hachachomim Enum Yureim Kolkach, the Rebbe said he heard from him. The clever leaders are not such Yurei Shamayim, Vahayureim Haparushim Enum Chachomim Kolkach. And the ones that are real Erlach, they're not such, they don't really know what's going on so well. Umizet Soimchim Echsholois Rabois Bedoreseno. And we have many, many problems because of this. You need to be push it, push it on the ball is the, way, is the way to say it. And I have over here in this Sefer, this is one of these Sforim, you know, somebody asked Revel Yashiv a whole bunch of Shilas, and it's an Einikel, Dachzach. And um, he says over here just a little statement he heard from Revel Yashiv. Bishvil lahanhig, tzrichem chush harus, v'tzrichem koyach lahachriya. You need a sense, not a sense of smell, you don't have to be Mashiach, but you need a, a sense, you need to be able to, to tell, you need to be on the ball. It's a chush, it's a sense. It's not enough just to know Torah. That's what the Rambam says. It, it used to be that, that, that there was both and they would, they, the Besdens were able to judge like that, but you don't have that anymore. And in the Mephorshim, there, there, there are a lot of places where, where it says things like this. There's a Chassam Soifer. He says, quote, Ki boki The a leader of the nation has to be an expert in the actions, the behaviors of the people of his generation. Never mind the Tzadikim. We're talking about the Rishoyim also. The Rishoyim, the Ramoyim, the liars. The Rabbonim have to be able to chap where the liars are, who the liars are, and to be able to make sure that they're not, that, that they know to protect themselves and their people from them. The Ksav Soifer, Parshas Mikay says, this is the Pshat why Paroi was so impressed with Yosef HaTzadik. He says, Says Yosef Hatzadik was running Egypt. He was the big political viceroy of Egypt. And he knew exactly how to run a country. But at the same time, it was Ruach Alekimboy. He was such a tzadikal. It's usually one or the other. Pari was very, very in a spoil from that. But not everybody, not, again, not everybody has to be on this. Not everybody has to spend time to be able to do this. If you want to be a leader, a manhig, then you do. The Divriyoyal says this is the pshat when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Harsinai 
So he saw this eagle, and he asked Aaron, what, what happened over here? And Aaron says, What does it mean? He says that Aaron HaKoyin, his Mida, he wasn't, he wasn't the Monarch of Klal Yisrael. Aaron HaKoyin, therefore, was able to be done everybody and be able to see everybody, every, all the good in everybody, and he wasn't the Monarch. And Aaron HaKoyin saying, look, you're the manhig. You know all the bad things these people do. You know all the drachim. You know about that. It's not my job. I, I, I just, I thought I was going to stall until you came, until you came back. And I didn't realize what evil it was until this eagle came out. But it's not my job. I, I, I don't know about this. There was no way. So I was taken completely by surprise, Aaron Akain said. He says the Divriol that, that, I mean, I used to say over from Rav Yashiv Apsak and Shul many times that a Rav, uh, somebody asked Rav Yashiv if a, it's another one of the Rav Yashiv, Shailav Tshuvah Svarim, that is a rabbi allowed to seek out Lashon Hara on his constituents. And he says, Mutter u Mitzvah. It's a Mitzvah. It's a Mitzvah for the Rav to, to know all the Lashon Hara. Not Moitzi Shemra, that's not going to help him any, but the Lashon Hara, the true stuff all about his constituents. And the Devriyoyal says, you know the famous Baal Shem Tuzvart? That if you see bad in somebody else, that's reflection of what's in you. Any Negoyim a person sees outside in others, that's a reflection of what's going on inside him. When the Satan Rebbe was a little kid, a little kid, he came home crying one day to his, to his, his parents. Mommy, she was hysterical. And when his uh, mother asked him what, what happened, he said, I saw somebody being Mechal Shabbos. And I know the Baal Shem Vart. So that means there must be something really wrong with me. And he was, Mamish like all, all broken up about it. But he said that this Baal Shem Vart does not apply to a manhig. The Baal Shem Vart does not apply to somebody who's a leader in Klal Yisrael. A leader in Klal Yisrael has to know all the bad things that his people are capable of. Not only his people, that everybody's capable of. They have to understand the Ramoyim. If they're naive, that's the worst thing for a manhig. Such disasters come because of that. He needs information. Somebody who, listen, don't get the wrong idea. The opposite is also true. It's even worse. If somebody is... On the, on the other side, he's a, he knows what's going on in the world, but he doesn't, he's not a, a Torah person. He's not a Das Torah. That's even worse because then he doesn't know anything. There you have the other Vart, the Satmar Rebbe said. I saw two different, the Vart, I, I saw the same Vart, but I saw two different Nuschois about the story. Could be both are true. One, it was to Rabbi Avram Kalmanovich, he said this, regarding Rabbi Avram's question, which he asked in the name of Baron Kotler. Baron Kotler sent Rabbi Avram Kalmanovich to the Satan Rebbe to ask him his opinion about some Sephardish or Mekubal that would, um, I, I don't know, maybe look at people's faces or mezuzahs or something, and he would, like, tell you things about you. And it was very spooky, because apparently it was, like, true, and he wanted to know the Satan Rebbe's opinion. Another time, and it could be both times happened, it said uh, Rebel Yemosha Shizgal and Rebelaid Malin. Rebel Yemosha Shizgal was a, was a son-in-law of Rebel Feinstein. He was Nifta Young. Uh, they were by the Satmar Rebbe and they 
asked him a similar thing. And, and he said like this, he said, well, so he said, a guy like that, the answer is it depends. See if he knows how to learn. Ask him Akasha. If the guy knows how to learn, okay, then it could very well be he's, he's legit. If he doesn't know how to learn, and I don't mean know how to learn not like, like a yeshiva guy. If he's not big in Tyra, then stay far away from him. At, uh, we're hoping, now this is my Hagal, we're hoping that best case scenario, he's a faker. Worst case scenario, he's not a faker, and you don't know what kind of koichas he's using. The odds are he's a faker, though. So Rebbe Avram Kalmanovich asked him, you know, that sounds like a, a reasonable answer, but what's the mocker? He said, it's a Gemara, and you all know the Gemara. The Gemara Nida says that before the baby is born, so the Malach comes and teaches him, Kola Terekula. And he's mabit there's ner dolok al roishoi umabit misoif ha'olam viad soifoi and the malach teaches him kol atayrakula. He sees a a, a um, candle and he sees the whole world and the malach teaches him the whole Torah. And then the malach gives him his patch and he forgets the Torah. It says but he has a kasha. It doesn't say that he forgets what he saw all over the world. It said mabit misoif ha'olam viad soifoi, and now suddenly. What, what happened to that? How come he doesn't remember that? So the, the Rebbe said, without Torah, you see nothing. No matter how much you know, somebody that doesn't know Torah knows nothing. He won't, he's full, full of negiasin and vested interests and biases and, and, and who knows how many newspapers he's read or, or, or political talk shows he's listened to or, or how much shtusim he absorbed in the street. And once a person's brain is fried from probably years of, of being dumped on with all sorts of junk, and, and not only that, but he has no positive influences, and the only positive influence on a person's brain is the Torah HaKadosha. Without that, without the Das Torah, then he knows nothing. Forget about it. Here we're talking about the opposite. We're talking about a guy that has all the Torah, and he's qualified to be a Gadol B'Torah, but he needs information. Das Torah means you process things. You process the information that you have in an objective, sharp, and accurate way. But without that information, you're not going to, you're not going to know anything. And if somebody's going to ask me what about Ruach HaKodesh and all of these things, we will get there. There's very big, big misconceptions uh, regarding those concepts as well. And we know, we know the Satmar has spent a lot of time asking people, asking things, getting information about everything. Or Michal Ber Weissmantel once said about him, that with the Satmar Rebbe, you can speak about anything from the Hilucha Kechovim, from the, the uh, path, paths, ways of the stars, means the stars in the sky, uh, 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 till the biz Machloikis between the Chassidim in a certain city. Everything, ab- everything about what was going on anywhere, he knew. 
there, there are transcripts of he went to be Menachem Oval, somebody, this one or that one. And he's always asking where you came from. What was the minute here? What happened over here? Always asking and asking and looking for information. He met a politician, always asking, tell me this. Uh, Hertz Frankel writes in his book that he went to the Aguda Knesset Gedol. The Aguda used to have something called the Knesset Gedol. It's like a, a giant convention. They don't have them anymore, but... They used to have them, and when he came back, he asked them, tell me everything that happened. Who said what? Give me this person, that person. What did he say? What did he say? There was once an Israeli newspaper that uh, somehow in the the Knesset, there was some secret, uh, amongst Knesset people, some secret uh, meeting or something, and the Sam Rebbe knew what was going on over there, and he mentioned it to one of the Zionists. And in the Israeli newspaper, they, they were shocked. That says the Sam Rebbe in, in his house in Bedford Avenue knows what's going on in the secret meetings in the Knesset. The Rebbe's reaction was, he said, oh, when I was a kid, everybody said I was a bottler, and now they say that I, I know everything that goes on in the world. This is, this is Marum, as he said, in the Haggadah, Tseul Amad, Mabike Shlovan Harami. What does it mean, Tseul Amad? It's not enough to learn from the Torah. Tseul Amad, you've got to go outside of the base Medrash. doesn't have to be physically, it could be by media, whatever. But you have to go outside of the Dalat Amis of the base Medrash if you want to understand what... Uh, to fight against Lovan Harami, who's the, which is the Sotan that comes to, to uh, hunt souls from the Jews. It's not possible to sit in the Beis Medrash without, not, without knowing what's going on in the streets of the city. Because if you want, how's he going to know how to fight against the, the anti-Torah forces in the city if he has no idea what they're doing or what they're about? I have over here the, in the Haggadah, one of the two Satma Haggadahs. This is the Devriyoyal Haggadah. So on Chocho Mahu Oimer, he has a word that goes like this. He asks Akasha, why is it that after the Chochem comes the Rosha, after the Rosha is the Tom? One would think that we would want the Chochem to sit next to the Tom, not the Rosha. Russia is a bad influence, right? A lot of people ask the Kasha, Dubna Magid, most famously. So he says, the Derech Tzochos, he says, that oftentimes the Tom is more dangerous than the Russia. He says, when the Russia says something, I know what he wants. The Tom is like a tipish. And by the way, in the, uh, in the Yushalmi, it says tipish mahu oimer. But the Tom... He said, I'll, I'll say it over in Yiddish, There is Ergevida Russia. And, and he says, therefore, that's why we just give him a, a trite answer. We tell him, You don't know what he wants. What does the guy want? Does he want good? Does he want bad? Stama tipish. He just talks. He doesn't know what he, you, you have no idea even what he's talking about. So we have to just give him a trite answer. Just get him out of here. The Russia, you know what you're dealing with. But a, a tippish, somebody that doesn't have seichel, you don't even know what you're dealing with. And at times he's much more dangerous. And the worst thing he said, very much, very often he, he expressed that he, his great disturbance at people who don't have this chusharos, that don't have information, that don't have a, a, a talent for knowing what's going on. A pikris, it's called. It's very simple. A pikris that mix into uh, leadership roles 
And the Yoreyim and Hasidim and even Talmud Chachomim, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not give them this Chachma that they are bucky in the, in, in the methods of leadership. And they, they mix into things and they just, they're, they're danger to society. They're just a disaster. And more than that, it's more than just a person has to know the, a person has to know the information. And it's more than just you can't be a Tamimistika Batlan. It's not just that. If you want to be a leader, we're not just saying the Sumeira. There's an Asay Toiv over here. Not only is it not good enough not to be a Batlan, you have to really understand what's going on. He, he gave a Moshal. Moshal Lamodova Doima. He says, a guy comes to the Rav and he asks the Rav Shaila, are you allowed to drink prune juice before Shachris for a fuah? Everybody knows that, you know, prune juice is used for a fuah. But the guy's a shikker. So what does it mean? So I didn't even know this. But prunes are dried out plums, like raisins are dried out grapes. So plum juice is what we call in English slivovitz, schnapps. A shikker comes and asks you a question about prune juice. It's pretty obvious, it should be obvious to you, that he's looking for you to give him a heta to drink schnapps before shachris. If a shikar comes and says, uh, can I uh, drink before davening a prune juice for a fool and the guy's a shikar, so you should be able to figure out what he's talking about. Otherwise, you're in the wrong business. But did have a something happened? I tell you two stories that happened to me both times I didn't hop. Many, many years ago, many, many years ago, like 30-something years ago, before I came to Bayswater. So when I was a rabbi uh, elsewhere, somebody asked me, a Shiloh, he has two houses. He had one in Flatbush, one in Lakewood. He wanted to know how many brachas to make for Badikas Chametz. And it's a big Shiloh. I, I told him two. I had Mamish Ashtar Garai that he has to make two brachas. So he tells me, and he was a very Tamimistic guy. Very, he was a finer guy, not the biggest Talmud Chacham, and that's very Nagea to the story. But he was a you know, Tamimistic guy. He says before he, he used to live somewhere else, and he asked a certain Rav, I don't want to say who, for, for privacy's reasons. It was, it's not Lashon Har at all. A big Paisik. Today he's one of the biggest Paiskim in the country. And he told me one bracha. So I said, I know him. I have a raya. He's not going to answer this raya. Two brachas. Okay. Anyway, shortly thereafter, I meet the Rav that said one bracha. And I said, so-and-so told me that you told him to make one bracha on the, his two houses. He says, yes, that's true. So I said, I have a raya. There's two brachas. He says, I believe you. I say, so why do you say one bracha? He says, listen to me. This guy, the way he makes bedikas chametz, he's not yoitza according to any shita. There's no shita that holds his yoitza takes his candle, you know how these guys do it, right? They go, like, uh, make hakafas around the house, and that's their badikas chametz. Really, he shouldn't make any brachas. But to tell him not to make any brachas, he's going to think you're crazy, he's not going to listen to you. But to tell him to make two brachas? Let him only make one bracha, that's for sure. You should not tell a guy like that to make two brachas. That's Meissen number one. Meissen number two was here in Bayswater. Um, I don't see how in the world, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> This one, I, 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 after Shachris, 
some guy comes over to me. There are a bunch of guys, you know how it works after Shachris, there are people come over, Shilas, whatever it is. One guy had a Shilas, something about his Cholent. He wants to know if he, he can eat his Cholent. Something with uh, Bishel, right? So I told him, I don't have an Aitzah for you, you got to throw out your Cholent, it's no good. Okay, the next guy on the line comes over to me, and he says, listen, Rabbi Shapiro, I want to tell you something. That guy, I know the story. He got into a fight with his wife. I happen to know this. He got into a fight with his wife, and he wants an excuse to throw out her cholent. Okay? He just wants to get back at her. He wants to throw out her cholent. Okay? Okay? I didn't hop either one. Either case. The second one, I'm not sure how I wouldn't have been able to hop, but the, the moral of the story is that there are, it's not good enough to not be a botlin. If a person wants to be a leader in Kalali's role, there is a quality of, of pikris that is not merely gained through Torah knowledge. It's gained through A, gaining information about your people. Now, the truth of the matter is, had I known uh, what was going on between this guy and his wife, who knows? Maybe I could have figured it out. If I had, I had more information, had I been sharper, I don't know. But you need to know what's going on if you want to be a leader of Kali. So now if you want to be a leader of your family, you don't need to know as much as you do if you want to be a leader of a great Kahila, and a great Kahila is not as much as leader of Kali. So there's a halacha lemaisa, by the way, that somebody who's paskining for Gans Kali's role, the cheskes kashris of the person is, is weaker, meaning you have to be more stringent with the person's reliability than a regular person who's paskining. It's in the Erech Shai in Evan Hoezer, if I'm not mistaken, Simon Yudches. He says that even though a person is allowed to paskin his own shaila as a rov, and we don't say he has an agias, and a person's allowed to paskin uh, a even though he may have an agias, but if somebody's paskining for Gans Klalius role, one of these shailas that are nageya, uh, the tzibur, forever, then it, it, you have to be choishish for the nageyas. He has less namonis. In other words, you need more reliability for a more important question, which may, by the way, you want to hear, so here is a Chiddush, which may answer the Ritvas Kasha on Rashi in Yevomis. The Gemara over there says that when they wanted Apostle David HaMelech for the Malucha because he was uh, descended from uh, Rus, so comes uh, Yisra HaYisraeli, ha- ha- Yisra HaYishmaeli, whatever we're going to call him, um, and he says, no, I was makabel from Bezdino Shal Shmuel, Moyovi Vloy Moyovis, Amoni Vloy Amoinis. So the Gemara says, maybe he's not, maybe it's not true what he's saying. Maybe it's not true that Bezdino Shal Shmuel said it. So the Gemara answers, Bezdino Shal Shmuel was still alive. Rashi learns that when the Gemara says, maybe it's not true, means maybe he lied. The Ritva says, Chas Sholem to say, to be Choshish Shatam Chochem, that he lied, really just means he's making a mistake. It may well, it certainly lessens the, the strength of the Ritvas Kasha because over here, if you use the Erech Shai, because over here, we're talking about not a regular Shaila that somebody's past getting somebody washed a Milcha Gedish with a fleshy sponge. We're talking about Amoni Vloy Amoinis, Moyovi Vloy Moyovis, something that's Nagea, all of Klali's role and all the Doris. And therefore, there is, the Cheskes Kashris is much smaller. We scrutinize a person much more than we do. But in, in any case, it's not going to be a raya from here to any other case. The Tzemach Tzedek brings a raya from here that with an agias uh, or, or 
when when there's a chash, we are we are choishish for bididomi. We're choishish tamina chama can make a mistake by being madama milsila milsa, but it's no raya anymore. Could be the other way true, or the other way also, that according to the Ritva and according to Rashi, only over here we're choishish either for bididomi, a, a mistake, or for um a mistake means mistake being madama milsila milsa, a mistake in svara, or for a, a, a sheker, because over here the shaila is more chomer. There was once a story. A rav, a yid came from Eretz Yisrael to America for refua needs. He needed money in the Satmar. He came to the Satmar and he gave him a lot of money for, for his uh, medical needs. Some soif, uh, unfortunately, the person was nifta. And he found out that they made a biopsy on the body, some type of invasive procedure that was prohibited Alpidin. It was a, I don't know who it is, because where I read it, it just says a, a big, uh, well-known Litvisha Poisik. I don't know who it is, and the Machaber, the Sefer, is not around anymore for me to ask him. He was a good friend of mine. But it says, so Satan Rebbe sent somebody to this uh, Rav and said, where'd you get a Heta to do this? So the Rav said, Oi, it was a biopsy. I thought it was just a procedure, like a sonogram, something non-invasive or whatever. If I would have known what it was, I never would have matted. So when the guy came back to the Satan Rebbe with his answer, he says, he says, oh, he said, he says, there's a guy that needed a parnasa. So he decided he's going to be a shadchan. Okay, he gets into the Shadchanis, and he has two families he knows that are looking for Shadduchim for their kids. And he says, you know what? Have a Shidduch. Get together. And when the kids meet, turns out they're both boys. And they go back to the Shadchan, and they tell the Shadchan, um, why did you do this? He says, oh, if I would have known they're both boys, I never would have made the Shidduch. Well, don't blame me. I, I, I just didn't have the information. I just didn't know. What do you pass any shilas if you don't know what's going on? Now, if somebody asks you theoretical shila, you know, and, and you say based on this information, what that that you're giving me, this is what I say. You're not even paskining for this guy. You're you're basing it on the information. Like I remember when the human hair shaitlach shila when, when I, I first asked the Tarevel Yashiv and he he gave uh, us an answer that their mutter. Then uh, later, about 15 years later, somebody else asks him a shayla, completely different information. My information was about right, by the way. His information was wrong. He didn't understand what he, was, what, what he saw. Rav Yashiv says, no, it's also. So uh, Rav Feivel Kohn uh, ran to Rav Yashiv and he says, Rav Yashiv, we know that the story you got over here is not true. So Rav says, look, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He says, I'm not the FBI. If you know that it's not true, then it's mutter for you. Like, what should I, a guy asks me a shayla, I'm passing based on what I'm given. If you're, you're asking me a different shayla, then this shayla is mutter, that shayla is also. Whatever the Matthias is, I'm not, I'm not deciding. This case, however, the Satmar Rebbe's case is different because the guy should have asked. Here, the question of giving him false information. False information means somebody didn't understand. Like when he hears the word sacrifice and he thinks it means carbon, a sacrifice in Indian language, and he thinks it means carbon, it doesn't mean carbon. It means Messias Nefesh, like in English. The word sacrifice means both. And things like that, where a person didn't understand. You know, he didn't, Rav Yashiv didn't lack the information, he just got the wrong information. If you 
say a, you tell a go to the biggest paisik in the world, and you say, my wife washed Gemilche Gedish with a fleshig sponge, and he asks, and you find out the sponge was, was not milchig, it was really fleshig. What do you want the paisik to do? But if he says, if, if somebody comes to the paisik and says, I, I washed a, a milchig Gedish with a sponge, and then he paskins without asking whether it was milchigs and fleshigs, then that's a problem. Another piece in the Divriel, he says, this is the Pshat what Moshe Rabbeinu told Yeshua. When the Moshe and Yeshua were up on Har Sinai and, and the eagle was happening, so there was a coil and Yeshua says, Kol Melchoma B'machne. And uh, Moshe, Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Loi Kalanis Gvur, Loi Kalanis Chalusha, Kalanis Anoichi Shamea. And uh, Chazal say it means somebody like you, Yeshua, that's going to be Manig of Klal Yisrael, you can't tell the difference between one coil and another, you need to tell the difference. What does it mean, somebody who's going to be manig of Klal Yisrael? Well, the Chassam Soifer says that meant, what Yeshua meant, that he figured out that there was something bad going on over there. He was able to tell, uh, let's, say, let's say an eagle or something like that. But he figured that the tzaddikim amongst Klal Yisrael are, are obliterating the evildoers, and that was the Kol Mulchama. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, that's not what's happening. <laughs> Let's hope there's a uh, let's hope that's what's happening, but I don't think so. I don't think that's what's happening. And he, the pshat is so the Devarim says the pshat is that Yeshua, who was not the manhig yet, uh, was done people kafschus. He didn't see the bad in in Klal Yisrael, and he figured there must be tzaddikim that are being moichan and doing whatever they're doing. And the Satmar Rebbe says that what Moshe Rabbeinu told him means you are soon going to be manhig. You better learn how to distinguish between one coil and another. Right now, it's not that important for you to know, but if you're going to become manhig, you're going to have to know. And this is important on so many levels because otherwise, you're not going to. If you're a leader and you don't know what's going on, you're a danger to society. And not only that, you can't even lead. People are going to end up taking advantage of you and, and laughing at you. And, and, you know, I see the way some balabatim, not when they're in public even, when they're amongst themselves. Like, I remember I was... Uh, kind of there by accident, where a bunch of rich people were talking about, big ballet stocker actually, they were talking about the money they give to certain koilim and, and, and moistus, and the way they spoke about them, it was like so degrading, they had like utter disrespect, not, not they were making fun of them, not at all, these guys were good balabatim, in the sense that they mamish wanted to give. But they're like, okay, I told this Rosh Hashiva that, you know, this is what they should be doing, and this one is doing that one wrong, and that we should give our money over here. They basically believed. They were talking as if, like, they know what the Rosh Hashivas should be doing and what's good and what's bad, and the Rosh Hashivas, they're like naive people, and they're the ones that, are, that, that really know what's going on, and that it's kind of like, yeah, Rosh Hashivas have to be Rosh Hashivas, but look... <laughs> They're not really smart people. Like We really know what's going on, you know? And, and that was like the whole attitude. And these were good guys. Devriol says, this is the Pshat in the Gemara and Eirechen. The Gemara says, uh, when it talks about Teichoch over there, and Avtezayin, Tomani yesh bedor I don't know if Bizman Hazeh there is um, anybody that can give Teichoch. Because if you tell somebody, take out that thorn, from between your um, teeth, he'll answer him, take out the pillar, the uh, 
beam from between your eyes, which means you're worse than me. That's Pasha Tapshat. Like, who are you to tell me you're worse? So I ask the Devriyoyal Mechetesa that the person giving Teichach is always worse than the guy getting the Teichach. Mechetesa is worse. He says, that's not what it means. It means if you have a Rav or something that doesn't really know what's going on with his people or a leader that doesn't know what's going on with his people and he decides to give them Musa for something and they're laughing at him because they're thinking to themselves, this is what he thinks is going on, this is what he thinks is wrong with us. <laughs> if he would really know what's going on, he wouldn't be speaking to us like this. Maybe the Rav gets up in shul and I don't know what, he, he talks about, uh, I don't know, how they have to make sure that they come exactly on time or something. And they're thinking, ha, this is what he thinks we need. He has no idea what's going on. Tol means this pillar in front of your eyes is blinding you. It means, look. You tell me what you tell me this little thing I have to fix to take out this this thorn from between my, my teeth. Do me take off your blinders, Rabbi. Do you not have any idea what's going on? That's what it means. And therefore the Toichocha is completely ineffective. And part of being a leader means you have to know what to speak about and what not to speak about, what to speak about to to Ruvain and to Shimon and to Levi and, and different people, you give different answers like like that guy with the brochus on uh, by Bedikas Chometz. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that I was that that I tried to make sure that when uh, people asked me Shilas, I try, if possible, uh, that uh, other people shouldn't be listening in. Because what happens is, and this happened to me more than once, I would tell somebody something, and and people would be listening, and they wouldn't understand either the question or the answer, and they would think I said this, or the question was this, and it was really different. But even if they do understand, what are you going to do in a case like this, where you have to answer one guy one way and another guy another way because of different... And now you're answering somebody in, in public, they're going to think that the answer is generic. So you need to know when to do it in public, when to do it in private, what to emphasize, what to talk about, who to, what to emphasize for who. There are strict things, things that need to be talking, spoken about, things that shouldn't be spoken about, things that people will listen to, people won't listen to. And, and if you don't know, then you're, then you're uh, kind of up the creek without a paddle. I'll give you an example. This is a, a Maisa Shahoya that happened many years ago. There was a problem in Israel, still is, but then there was a bigger problem, I think, of the missionaries. The missionaries in Yerushalayim were, for Christianity, they were missionizing the Jews. And there are Abonim in America, from the Agudus Rabbonim, they decided that they need to do something about it. So, uh, Reb Moshe, Reb Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rav Hutner, Reb Avram Kalmanovich, and others, they got together and they wrote a letter, a scathing letter. They were going to send it to the prime minister of Israel about the missionaries, asking him or telling him. I didn't see the letter. I don't know exactly uh, the, its tone. I'm just telling you from what I'm, what I'm reading about it that they, he had, they have to stop the missionaries and it's a very bad thing. And they came to the Satan Rebbe asking him for his signature. And he told them, I'm sorry, but I can't sign on this letter. I said, why not? So he said, because I happen to know that the Prime Minister of Israel is soon going to be visiting the Pope in the Vatican. What do you think is going to happen when you show him this letter? He's going to show it to the Pope, and he's going to say, look, I'm on your side. Look at this. The Orthodox Jews, look at this. 
They, me and you, it's us and you, all against those primitive Orthodox Jews. They want me to stop the missionizing, but we're letting the missionaries go, and it'll be a terrible Chil Hashem if that happens. So they thought that the Rebbe was just being mad them with some dichuy, and they sent the letter without his signature, but guess what happened? The Prime Minister went to the Pope, he showed him the letter, that's exactly what happened, and... Uh, Rav Hutner commented after that that, yeah, the Satmar Rebbe sees a lot further than, than any of us. Another such incident was when I actually wrote about this in my book. In Vayel Moshe, uh, the Rebbe writes about uh, one of the Kinesia Gedolas where they wrote, the in the literature of the Aguda, they wrote that all Jews should move Teretz Yisrael, because it's the Palton Shalmelech, which is a, a, a Zionist idea, because the fact that Eretz Yisrael is Palton Shalmelech means that not everybody belongs there. You need to do tshuva before you go. Only good people should go. And to tell everybody they should just come all at once to, to live in Eretz Yisrael, that's mamish against the Gzeris Angolus. So... It says over the Envayel Moshe, the Satan Rebbe said he spoke to some Rabbonim who were there about it, and uh, they were very, some were very, very upset. They were very upset. Some said it's Mamashapi Korsis, but there's nothing they can do because they're not in control. The Balabatim are in control. Now, here's the backstory to that. That's what it says in Vayel Moshe. In a Sefer, Toyus Vuvdois, and Mibes Rabbi Seinu, it's stories about the Satan Rebbe that in, in Pasha Shoftim, so it has a, it records over here a, a Misa where Rebor Kaplan and Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky went to visit the Satmar Rebbe, and the Satmar Rebbe asked Rabbi Yaakov when he was there, maybe you can tell me uh, why he wrote this? So Rabbi Yaakov said to him, uh, he didn't give his, he didn't sign this. The Menahal, the Manhige Haguda, meaning the Balabat and the lay people, they they made this announcement. So the Satmar Rebbe told him, I, I wrote this in my book on the footnote for that, that by Egla Rufa, it says by the Vidui, they, there's a confession, a Vidui of the Sanhedrin. They say, We didn't kill him and we didn't see him be killed. And means that uh, really we didn't, would you think that they, asks, would you think that they actually killed him? No, it just means that they, uh, they, they didn't neglect to walk him out by Dalaramas. But Enenuloi Ro, his question is, and he asks this in the Divriel, there are various different Terutzim, why is that part of the Vidui? Like, why would they need it? They need a Kapora uh, to, to, to say a justification, to say, Yodenuloi Shofchua Saddam Hazeh. But why is Enenuloi Ro part of the Vidui? So he says Enenuloi Ro itself is part of the Vidui. Because if you are running a town and you people are getting murdered and you didn't see it, you're accountable for that. You should know what's going on amongst your people. So he told Rabbi Yaakov that the Rabbonim, the Gedolim over there, are obligated, are responsible to know what's going on uh, amongst their people. And because this happens, so everybody knows, you have some statements, announcements in the Agud, you don't know who's behind it, the Rabbonim are behind it, the Moyetzes is behind it, the, 
the Balabatma behind it. You ask six different people, you get six different answers. A lot of times the answer is, I don't know. Mark is looking at me. He knows this from experience. So that's the end of part one of what I want to say. There's two parts. This is part one, that it's, ex- that it's vital that if somebody is a leader of Kal Yisrael uh, in any capacity, he needs to know information, and it's not good enough to rely on his Torah knowledge and his righteousness, contrary to what many people believe. He needs real information, and if not, he's going to be a danger to society. And, and secondly, what we said, that like it's, he, he said, Bisman Hazeh, you have either there are people that are mostly Erlicha people, but they don't really know what's going on much in the world, or people that know what's going on a lot in the world, but they're not the Erlicha people. Now, part two. Somebody's going to ask, what about Ruach HaKodesh? Don't Sadiqim have Ruach HaKodesh? What about Chazal that say at Sadiq, Eina Kodesh Baruch Hu, maybe Takol Al Yodom? Now, again, I'm not talking about somebody who's not qualified and, and, and some organization or some magazine showcases him as a Godel Haddad. There's somebody, I don't, I don't know, I'm not saying any names, and I'm not even going to be Maram as, uh, as to who I'm talking about. I remember sitting at a, at, at a chasna. I was standing, actually, and talking to somebody about a certain Godel, and I put that word in quotation marks. I didn't really know much about him, but uh, somebody told me something that I didn't. I, said, I remember I said, Nella mi menu kola terikula. I has no idea. Like, he missed everything. Some guy who overhears tells me, and I had no idea that this person's considered like a gadol hador by some, by some people. And somebody tells me, I never met this guy in my life. He says, you know, you're talking about a gadol hador. It's a gadol hador. I mamish didn't know. I was innocent. I said, okay, tell me. Tell me, tell me, do you know, tell me a, a good vart from this man. Tell me a good vart on anything, on the Parsha, on a Gemara. What Gemara are you learning? Dafyomi, tell me a good vart. Must be a big guy, no? He doesn't know any good, he doesn't know any, any Torah from him. Nothing. Doesn't know one vart. So, all right, so he, he's a Magid Shear, he gives Shear. Uh, is he a Goin? Do, do the Bokrim come to run to his Shear to hear him say Shear because he's a, a great Magid Shear, like, I don't know, like Rebelli Berachfeigel or Mayor Stern? Is he like a Goin that people can? No, there's not one Bokha in his Shear that came to the Yeshiva to hear him say Shear. Not one, not a single one, not ever. Okay. Is he a Poisik? Maybe. He asks him, Shailas in Kola Tarakula. He answers, No, he's not a Poisik at all. Okay, um, maybe he's a big Oivir Hashem. Maybe he's a tzaddik. Can you tell me about his avodas Hashem? Tell me something that he does. Uh, 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 uh. No, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything about this. Okay. You don't know him about his story. Do, do people run over to him? So we're by a chasna. There's certain rabbonim, rosh yeshivas, chachamim, when they're sitting by a chasna, you see it all the time. There's like lines or people, you know, they don't want to bother them so much, but people come over to them, ask them shilas for something they're learning, a pshat and a toysvis or something. Do they do this? For, no, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> what makes this person a godel? Tell me, I just honestly. As well, a lot of organizations rely on him for like psychological things and, 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 and medical things. 
said, so he's a social worker, right? What does this mean? Why, why, uh, why they were, does he train? Does he have like a lot of training? Maybe he has, no, not at all. Regular Shiva guy, he learned Yeshiva all his life. So why, 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 well, they say he, why are they relying on him? Well, they say he gives answers right away. Yeah, sometimes he makes mistakes, but he gives answers right away on the spot. Okay. Satan Rebbe said that before he gave, before he writes something, before he thinks of something, before he considers, he considers it 15 times before he gives an answer. I remember Shimon Schwab once wanted to make a, he once suggested, it never came to fruition, but he wanted to make a, a thing where, where Rabbonim that are called with Shilas should not answer on the spot. If it's Shiloh that I've never heard of before or something, something new, they should not answer on the spot. Even if they know what they're talking about, they should, Yishev Hadas will call you back and like that. Never, it was never implemented, but that was an idea. So, no Torah. Somebody be dust, uh, no Torah. I mean, Torah, not a Grob Amoritz, but uh, not a God. Not a, I'm not talking about people like this. I'm talking about a real, a real Tzaddik, a real Talmud Chochem, world class in both areas. It's not enough. It's enough to be a big, uh, to go to Gan Eden and get a big chalik in Gan Eden. You're going to be on the top of Gan Eden, uh, on top of the people in your door. Your tefillahs will be answered, all sorts of th- great things. But one thing that you're not going to be good at, and that is being a manhig. Now, the question is we're talking about somebody like that. Why shouldn't it be good enough? Because isn't it true that? That tzaddikim uh, kaddish baruch maybe takol al yodim, and what about ruach hakodesh? Now, obviously, the ruach hakodesh bizman hazeh, that which exists, and certainly on some level it does. Ein kan makom laharich is not the same as it, it used to be in the olden days. We now don't have neviim, we don't have ruach hakodesh like Rebbe Gamliel, uh, right? That's for sure. But something is there, so I want to address this first: the ruach hakodesh thing. There's a different oil in Bahaloisko. He talks about Moshe Rabbeinu telling Yisroi, Al no tazavaisanu, vahisalonu le naim. Yisroi, don't go back to Midian, stay with us. You're going to be our guide. You're going to be our eyes. And Rashi says, anything that's schwer, we have schwer, we're going to ask you. Kasha, why did Klal Yisroel need Yisroi so badly to be their guide? Yeah, had Moshe Rabbeinu. After Moshe, they had Yeshua. Nasnil ben Kenaz. So many tzaddikim. Was Yisroi such a going, such a Talmud Chochem, that they actually needed him to be their Einayim? Was he the Einei Ho'eda? So here's what the Divriyol says. He says, starts off with the Gemar in Yuma, Daf Tesamet Beis, that says Reish Lokish wouldn't speak to any just anybody in the street. Even Amoyroim he would not speak to in the street because... Anybody who Reish Lokish would speak to in the streets automatically got a reputation that he was a totally honest person. So he was very careful who he would speak to in public. Anybody who Reish Lokish would speak to, people would lend him money without, without witnesses. What's up with Reish Lokish? Why, why was this applicable to him and to not to other greats, Amoyroyim. So he says that Moshe Rabbeinu told Klal Yisrael, beginning of Dvorim, Rashi says that you, Yadum L'Shivteichem means that you know them. 
because they grew up amongst you. If he comes to me uh, and I don't recognize him, he has his talus over his head, I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's a reliable guy. You know him, you recognize him because you brought him up. So he says, I don't understand. In Parshas Yisra, it says, when, when they appointed uh, Dayonim, Rashi says, So Moshe Rabbeinu appointed the Shoftim, I'll pee his Ruach HaKodesh. So why did he, Moshe Rabbeinu, who appointed Shoftim, I'll pee Ruach HaKodesh, why did he need the approbation, or why did he need the, the people that brought this person up, his friends, to be able to, to testify that he's a reliable guy? So here's what he says. Ruach HaKodesh doesn't mean you know everything. Ruach HaKodesh means that when HaKodesh Baruch Hu wants to reveal something to you, he will reveal it to you. But it's not like you have x-ray vision and everything you look at you always understand. Sometimes people with Ruach HaKodesh, even Nevi'im, don't know things. Like Elisha said, V'Hashem Hillamimeni, V'Lohigidli. By the Shanamis. And even Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid of this. Maybe they're not giving me Min HaShamayim, the Pinemius and the character of this person. But you guys know him. You have the information. A Baal Ruach HaKodesh may not know this, but somebody with information does. So just because I can do things with Ruach HaKodesh doesn't mean that everybody that comes to me I know if he's Hogain or not. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu hides from the Baal Ruach HaKadosh, even Moshe Rabbeinu. Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides in his wisdom to hide. But if a person has information, information is, is information. And in that case, a person with information is better than, is superior in his knowledge to a Baal Ruach HaKadosh. And he said, this is the Pshat and the Gemara. The Gemara says... That first of all, this is Pshat and Reish Lokish. Reish Lokish, do you know why Reish Lokish was able to get such a reputation that others didn't? It's very simple. Because Reish Lokish, not because Reish Lokish was such a Balruach HaKodesh, that he was able to, to tell uh, whoever he spoke to that whether he was reliable or not. But Reish Lokish grew up amongst the robbers, Right? And according to Toysus, he even was one of them once upon a time. So Reish Lokish knew these people. Reish Lokish knew the robbers. He knew what robbers were. He had the information. He had experience. They, Reish Lokish knew what a robber was because at the very least he grew up amongst them. So he was able to recognize a robber. That's why Reish Lokish had a reputation that everybody knew, whoever Reish Lokish spoke to, Reish Lokish was able to figure out who's the robber and who's not. Not somebody else with Ruach HaKodesh, Ruach HaKodesh Baruch, who may or may not have hidden it from. And this is the Pshat, he says, in the, the story with Antoninus and Rebbe, where the Gemara and Sanhedrin, where Antoninus uh, asked Rebbe, when does the Eight Sahara come into a person? By, by Shas Yitzir or Bishas Yitzir, by conception or, or when he's born? 
so first, it says, Amar Rebbe, as Dovazel Lemdeni Antoninus, Umikrim Esayeu Lepesach Atos because at the beginning, Rebbe said, Bishas Yitzira, when he's conceived. And Antonina says, if that's true, if he has Yitzahara when he's conceived, he's going to kick the mother and he's going to cause damage and he's going to go out. So, so Rebbe said, okay, you win. Question, how could Antonina beat Rebbe in an argument in, in, on such an issue? So he brings the marshal that says that we have also something in favor of Rebbe because it says by uh, Esau, by Yaakov and Esau, that the Yitzhahara, um, uh, Esau used to want to go out when he passed the base Vad Lavoy Dezora. So you see the Yitzhahara is, is um, uh, Bishas, even Bishas, a person, uh, uh, embryo is still in the mother's womb. So he says, obviously, well, Esau is different. Esau is Mamish, the embodiment of the Yitzhahara. He's the Sutton himself. So by Esau, the Yitzhahara. Uh, comes in as as by conception, but other people when when they're born. But here's a question: Antoninus, Antoninus, he really can't beat Rebbe in an argument, except in this case, because the issue is: is Asaf different than other people? Does Asaf have a special Yitzhahara or not? If Esav is the same as all others, then all others like Esav have a Yetzirah when they're still in the womb. If Esav is different for some reason, then it's not right from Esav, and then Antoninus would be right in Lepesach Atas Reuvetz, and Esav would be an exception. Who would know this best? Esav, right? Or Esav Zeynikloch? Antoninus was Mamish Esav. Santaninus so knew what the Yetzirah was, because he was Esav. He knows a lot about the Yetzirah and the exceptional Yetzirah of Esav himself. And he says that under the hood, what was going on is like it says by the Navi Ovadia, that the reason why Ovadia said in Avua that Edom is going to be destroyed and not one of the uh, other Navim was because Ovadia was a ger and he wasn't. He came from Edom, so the place where the bad comes from, that's going to tell of its downfall. Same thing happened over here. But the idea is that because Antoninus had the experience, his experience trumped Rebbe, who was the Balruach HaKodesh. And now we go back to Yisroi. Do you know why Moshe Rabbeinu needed Yisroi? Because there are so many... Bad hashkafas out there, and different types of avoid zara, and all sorts of that. How 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 are we going to know to identify what's really an avoid zara and what's not, and all those things that we mentioned earlier? The teretz is you need somebody like Yisroi who was oivid all the avoid zaras. If somebody wants to know what the story is with the Hindus and the human hair sheitloch, how are they going to know? They're going to ask Yisroi. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu meant. Yisroi, we need you. We have a lot of Talmidei Chachamim, Bali Ruach HaKadosh, but just because somebody has Ruach HaKadosh doesn't mean they'll know everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals to Bali Ruach HaKadosh certain things and he hides from them certain things. But those things that he hides from them, 
uh, the the Avodah We don't have experience with that. Baruch Hashem, you know, we, we try to keep Avodah out of our our community. And But when Shilas come up about it, we're going to need somebody from the outside that has the knowledge and experience to give us the information. Vatilonu leinoyim, Yisro, you're the one. I have here a, 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 the Sefer, the Benish Chais Chuvis, Rav Paolim. In the Rav Paolim, in the back of the Sefer, in the back of each Chalik, there's something called Kuntra Soid Yishorim. And in one of the Soid Yishorims, there was a Shaila, somebody asked the Benish Chai, in the Beis Yosef's Chuvis, there's a Shaila from the Arizal. And about some Dine Mominus. And there's a whole shtickle tire from the Arizal. And then the Beis Yosef answers the Shaila. And he comes to a Maskana and gives the Arizal the Tshuva. The problem is that the shtickle tire that was said was not nearly on the level of that you would expect from the Arizal. There it seems that there were basic mistakes that the Beis Yosef had to correct. How are you talking such a thing? So the Benishchai answers, and there's no question that the Arizal, this is way below what we would expect from the Arizal, and clearly must be, it looks to me that the Arizal never asked this question. What happened instead must have been that there was some guy, one of the Talmidim, who wanted to be involved with the Beis Yosef with a Shaklavatarya. So what he did was he... If he would ask him the Shiloh on his own, the Beis Yosef would give him an answer, yes, no, but Beis Yosef probably wouldn't be mafalpal with him, spend time on his Shiloh, right? Uh, you want to ask, uh, you go to a Rav, ask him a Shiloh, so he doesn't have time necessarily for to hear your whole shtickle Torah and your own, your own ideas. You ask him a Shiloh, he'll give you an answer. But if you're the Arizal and you give him your ideas, then he's going to engage so this Talmud falsely claimed that this question was from the Arizal. He gave it to the Beis Yosef, and uh, it was not true. It wasn't from the Arizal. It was some, some Talmud. And the Beis Yosef answered it, but certainly it's, it's the Arizal didn't write that. That's what he says. Anyway, subsequent to this tshuva that came out from the uh, Benish Chai, somebody puts out a sefer, and he comes out with a macho against the Benish Chai. How dare the Benish Chai say such a thing that's a pegi in the covet of the Arizal? For first of all, how could you say such a thing? It doesn't make any sense. The Arizal and the Beis Yosef were neighbors in the same neighborhood at the same time. How, 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 would be, how could it be such a thing? He has like a list of 20 kashas. Uh, the, the, the Benish Chai responds in another tshuva, and he says none of the kashas are kashas. First of all, so could be they lived in the same place. So what? Maybe later the, the Beis Yosef did find out. So what? But could be the Arizal wasn't in Sfas. Uh, then the Arizal was in Egypt for a lot of his life. He was still famous there. And, and, and maybe he wasn't in Sfas yet. It's various. But one of the kashas is, how is it possible that the Beis Yosef, with his Ruach HaKodesh, did not recognize that this is not the Arizal? How could he be fooled, the Beis Yosef? How could it be? Answers the Benish Chai. (laughs) 
ומה שטון עוד, איך מורן זצל, אשר רוח הקודש הפיע עליו, לא הרגש שאין הדבורם אמורים מפי רבנו האריזל, וזה נגיעס כבוד באור ישרול וגאוני שתלמד אחד יוילך אוי סוי שוילו, הנה תינא זו לא ניתנה לו העומר. This is not a תינא. כי אפילו בתנאים ואמירויים נמצא שהיו מתם אויסום. They fooled תנאים and אמירויים also. ולא מקשינן, ונובדי אסקס איך יאכלו להט אויסום ולא הרגישו ברוח הקודש השוער בסייכם. ומי לנו גודל מן בבא בן בוטה? The Gemara about Baba Ben Buta where Hordas uh, blinded him and then wanted to test him to see what his opinion was about Hordas. So, so he came to him and disguised, he didn't tell him he was Hordas. He says that he, Hordas, he's a bad guy. Uh, you should curse him. And Baba Ben Buta refused to curse Hordas. Baba Ben Buta did not know that it was Hordas. Roisha Sanhedrin shoya chosid godl v'noyre ma'oid. להסנקיה הורדס לפונו, ולא היכר בו על ידי רוח הקודש הוא הורדס המדברי מוי ולא יאכר. וכזויס וכזויס יש הר בי מצינו לאיש על היקים, ועדיינינו אלישה על אוליו השלום. מה זה דבריאלס ראיה from אלישה? הוא ברינג זה אקזקט סיים ראיה, שכוסף בוי ויומר איש על היקים. והשם הילה ממני ולא היגד לי. ודי בזה שאין צורך להרחב הדיבור יוסר. really, we don't, we shouldn't even need to talk about this, it's a דבר פושט. Ruach HaKodesh does not prevent somebody from being fooled, period. Who in the Benish Chai's door knew more about Ruach HaKodesh than him? Who in the Satmar Rebbe's door knew more about Ruach HaKodesh than him? There is no such thing that, well, this Godel would know by Ruach HaKodesh what's going on, so must be he wasn't fooled. Shtusim v'havolim. Even Moshe Rabbeinu was not confident in his Ruach HaKodesh. He said that I don't, won't necessarily know the character of everybody. You need somebody that actually knows him. Now, as far as the rule that at Tzadik Ein HaKodesh Baruch Hu Mevi Takol Al Yodom, so two things. Number one, Toisva says that The rule is lavdafket, only applies to midi dachila. Means that tzaddikim won't eat something that's not kosher, because that's like a bazoyan, that they should eat something that's not kosher. But that a takola should come out from them, is very, it's possible. That's toysvis. But aside from toysvis, we're going now to a piece in Vayol Moshe. It's the first mimer, it's Simon Kuf Memtes, and uh, we're going to skim through till Kuf Nun Aleph. Raboisai, there's a Masechta Hoirius that talks about a carbon that the Bezdin Hagodl brings if they're Machshel the Rabbin. It's a Posuk. The Posuk says, V'chisizgu v'loisasu es kol ha-mitzus ha-ila sh'adibra Hashem al-Moshe es kol ha-shatziva Hashem al-Eichem b'yad Moshe min ha-yome sh'atziva v'halolu d'arisechem. V'hoyo, im me'enei ho'eida nasasol ishkogo, ויוסו לי הועידה פר בן בוקר אחד, לאוילה לרך נכוייך להשם, ומנכוסי וניסקוי כמשפט, וסיר איזם אחד לחטוס. חז"ל say that this means that they were נכשלו, that the כלל יסול was נכשל in אבוי דזורה. And we learn out from it says, ולא יסאוסו אס כל המצווייס, 
And kol aleichem, that means we're talking about something that shokel keneged kol ha-mitzvah, must be avoid zorah. And not only that, but Chazal learn out from this posuk that says, me'enei ho'edo, that we're talking about the Sanhedrin that made a mistake. And the Sanhedrin made a hoiro, a psak, that people should be over avoid Of course, it was an accident. But what they told people to do is mamish avoid And now the many questions, two of them we're going to mention here. He brings more, but we're going to mention two. One, how is it possible that the Sanhedrin was machshel people in avoid the Ramban says on the Pesach, by Edom Zoymimim, Vasisim Loi Kasha Zomim Lasei that the reason why it's Kasha Zomim Veloi Kasha Rosso is because once Bezdin actually implements a Psach, once the, the Psach actually is carried out, that's a riot, it's the Rotsan Hashem. So that's why we don't punish the witnesses, because clearly it was the Ratzon Hashem. But if the Bezdin didn't carry out the Psak yet, it could very be, well be. That's not the Ratzon Hashem. So the witnesses got punished. If that's true, we're talking about the Sanhedrin Hagodl. Do you know what the qualifications were for Sanhedrin Hagodl? The qualifications for Sanhedrin Hagodl were, were beyond our ken. Forget about any Godel today. Forget about a regular Bezdin of three. Forget about uh, a smaller Bezdin of Chav Gimel. We're talking about a Bezdin of 71, the Bezdin HaGodel, Bezdin of Ayin Aleph. How is it possible that this happened? So he says, listen, this can happen, and I'll tell you how. Very important principle. A manhig gets Siata Dishmaya to run his Ada bigger than he would have if he would only be alone. As one of the milers of being a manhig, you get siyat to the shmaya. Sometimes. We discussed previously that if the manhig is appointed, not for the shem shemayim reason, if, you, if you're, an, or you're an organization and you want to make somebody a guttle to showcase him because it's in your interests to do so, or you know he's going to agree with you, or for whatever reason, then he doesn't get siyat to the shmaya, then it's adra, but then, if, then the, the, the person is doomed. We discussed that in the past, but we're talking about due process. Somebody was there, mamish. The Divriyol says, and elsewhere, this is Pshat and Reish Lokish. It says Reish Lokish, right? Uh, we have to make toiv to our ancestors if, for, for doing Aveira. If they wouldn't have done Aveira, they would live forever. And then, according to Rashi's Pshat, means we wouldn't be anything. If our ancestors would be here, we wouldn't be Choshva people. We wouldn't be considered Choshva people. And the Kasha is, uh, why, why, also Reish Lokish, by the way, who said that, why... Why, chas v'sholem, it sounds like Reish Lokish was interested in being considered a chash of a person, and if he would be overshadowed by his ancestors, he wouldn't. So the Devriyol says, one of the many pshatim he gives, is that Reish Lokish received a lot of siyata dishmaya because he was manik hador, one of them. And those madregas that he was given because he was a manhig, he would not have received had his ancestors been here, because then they would be the Manhigim. And he was thanking Kaddish Baruch Hu for those Madregas. But, this is a double-edged sword. It's not that you're a Manhig, therefore Kaddish Baruch Hu just gives you Siyat Tadishmai. Sometimes it's the opposite. Once you're a Manhig, you now become the instrument through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with the Rabbim. And if the Rabbim is Zoyche, if the Rabbim is Zoyche, 
then you receive all sorts of madregas and siyata dishmai. But if the rabim is not zoicha, you go down. If Hashem wants to punish them because of their avarice, you're going to go blind. And the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu will punish them is by making you make a mistake and they all get misled. We see this by the Meraglim. The Arachayim HaKadosh says that the Meraglim were on a very, very high Madrega, but because the people sinned, then they become like Shluchai Shaladam Kamoisoi because they had bad kavanas, because they sinned. Therefore, the, mar- the people that sent the Meraglim, the Mishalchei HaMeraglim, they were sinners, so the Meraglim became sinners also. He says the same thing applies to the Sanhedrin. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to punish the people, if the people are not Zoicha, the Sanhedrin will get not only Siyata Dishmai, but they will get their eyes blinded and the they're going to be marshal the people in Avoidazara. And then later he brings from a Hafla. Says Pshat and the Posikim Hakoyin Hamashiach Yechto La Ashmas Ha'am. What does La Ashmas Ha'am mean? It means the reason why the Koyin Hamashiach, the leader, does an Avera is because the Ashmas Ha'am, because the people are not Zoich, the people are bad. He says the same thing, this all comes because of Ashmas Ha'am. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes the people by blinding their leaders. And of course, he brings the Gemara, the famous Gemara, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is angry, when the shepherd is angry at the sheep, so he blinds the, the head sheep, and the head sheep leads them all off the cliff. And this is a big yesite. It's all over the Divriyol in many, many places. But you know, this is Vayal Moshe, this is this is not a Drosha, where he says that it is very possible, Sanhedrin HaGodl, Bezdin Shalayan Aleph, because the people are not Zoicha, the leaders of the people become blind. And the leaders are not going to be leading properly. They're going to be misleading the people. Like it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, Leich Reid Kishichei Samcha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives Moshe Rabbeinu Madregas only for the sake of the people. Leich Reid Kishichei Samcha, the people are, are corrupt. What do you need your, your greatness for? And he brings from a medrash. that the Amoyroyim, there were Amoyroyim who were nichshal in eating tevel. Now that's midi da'achilo. And ain't HaKadosh Baruch Hu mevi takol al yodom. Even the behemoths of tzaddikim HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't machshal. And they said after they found out that they were nichshal, and not even like the Chamor of, 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 of Rapinchus ben Yoyer. Meaning, says the Nezer HaKodesh, and the Trumas HaDeshen, uh, says also, this is a Poshet Apshat in the Medrash, that only in the previous generations HaKodesh Baruch Hu protected them from Takol Al Yodom. But in the, today's generations, you talk about generation of the Amoyroyim, they no longer are big enough to get this protection. 
even by Midi de Achila, Chumas Hadeshen, Simon Mem Gimel, Afilu al Doireis Chachmea Talmud, Isa Betoises Shom, Hosem Boise Shit. Excuse me. It doesn't apply anymore. Always, certainly doesn't always apply. Sometimes it does. But there's no more guarantees. Even in the days of Rabzeira. They said, we're not Zoycha anymore to be protected even from Midi Da'achila. Now, the Divriyoyal says this still needs a Hezbar. It's still hard to digest that a Kaddish Baruch would allow these Tzadikim to be Nechshel in Midi Da'achila. So here's what he says. Again, if you're a Manhig, you are now the instrument through which a Kaddish Baruch interacts with his people. One of the things... One of the interactions with the people is to teach them lessons. And here HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed these tzaddikim to be nichshul because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to teach us a lesson. Like the Gemara says, David HaMelech loiroi loisai maisa, but rather to teach tshuva l'rabim. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed David to be nichshul in order to, that we should, be, we should learn a lesson from the story from, we should learn a lesson from David that, that we could always do tshuva. So too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught us this lesson to teach us. He allowed them to be nichshul for us to look at it and say, no, it is possible, even though they were not worthy of being nichshul, but just like David wasn't worthy of Oisei Maisa, but rather to teach the Rabbim a lesson, this is to teach us a lesson that later on in the Dairis, in your days, if there's a Godel who's nichshul in something, even in Midida don't think it's a very big kasha. It can happen, because look, it happened over there, look what Reb Zeyra said. And the reason why it had to happen over there, why Reb Zeyra had to say it, in order to teach all of us, the Kalvachoymer, that it's Shayach even Bizman Hazad, just like it says by David HaMelech. And he says another example. This is what it says, the Gemara Nivomis. If Eliyahu HaNovi says, if Eliyahu HaNovi says, the Gemara says, if Eliyahu HaNovi tells you, ein cholzin besandal, ein shoymin loy. If Eliyahu HaNovi tells you not to make chalitza with a sandal, don't listen to him. If Eliyahu HaNovi tells you to be over on the Torah, don't listen to him. So he asks, isn't this a disrespectful thing to say about Elio Anavi? Don't we all know that he will never say such a thing? The Gemara could have said, nobody could be mavatal with Din Sandal, even Elio Hanavi, and everything would have been taught. Why say it in such a, if Elio Hanavi tells you to be over on this, don't listen to him. So he says the lesson is, because even though Elio Hanavi won't, Later on, it's very possible that, a, uh, that, that there's a Godel that will tell you to do something to be over on the Torah, like the Sanhedrin HaGodel in Mesech Tahirius. And don't think it's impossible. It can very well happen. They can mislead you. You could be misled. And it could happen. Yes, it can. It means if Eliyot, and you ask somebody, I remember when I was speaking, Eric, you were there then, and that's Svardashi Yeshiva. And I asked one of the kids, we were talking then about the WZO fiasco. And I asked one of the kids in the conversation who was 
surprised at the whole thing. I said, uh, if, if, if a Godel tells you to be over on an Avera, would you do it? So I said, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would. So I told him this Gemara. If Eliyahu Novi says in And this is Mamish what the Divriyoyal is saying, why the Gemara used this lotion. So should I, be, I should be able to uh, tell the kid the right answer to this question. Something Rebbe once asked this Manal, one of the Manalim in his yeshiva, if I become a Zionist, what would you do? So the Manal said, Rebbe, if you become a Zionist, I'm a Zionist too. So the Rebbe said, wrong answer. You find yourself a new Rebbe. That's the right answer. Even if Eliyahu Novi says, it's very possible that because of the Ashmas Ha'am, a, a Godel, even Sanhedrin, even Amairayim, whatever, will be Nichshul. And Iad Kedekach to accidentally, of course, not on purpose, that people should be over Avoidizor, but Machshul people in Avoidizor. Now, those are the two points that I wanted to bring out tonight. And there's one third point, or really shot in the first two. Somebody may ask, now I'm sure that unless you guys heard this from me in the past, or snippets of this, you, you haven't heard it from anybody else. Because this is not one of the things that everybody knows. And people are scared to say such things. Because they're afraid. People are going to be Moriheta. People say, oh, you don't have to listen to any Gedolim now. I could do whatever I want. Bishwir Slibi, Eilech, Sholomieli. But there's a reason why. Well, first, I'd like to know if any of those people that are scared to say this think they know better about what to say than the, than the Divriyoyal does. And he taught this repeatedly all over the place. And there's a reason for this. Because he's Lishitosoy. You know, sometimes they tell you stories, kids, not you, kids, Gedolim stories that are certainly not true. This God will fly on uh, in the sky or all sorts of things that are mamish not true. So, a couple of times this happened where the Satan Rebbe found out about this, that somebody did this in the yeshiva and he asked the, the Rebbe or the Manal, why are you doing this? Why are you saying all these crazy stories? said, no, it's good that kids, kids should learn how to, how to respect the tzaddikim. This is, you know, we got to speak their language for kids. So something Rebbe told me, you know what? From Sheker, you can never, you can't be mechanach people through Sheker. If you don't know how to teach kids, if Yiddishkeit, if you don't understand the greatness of Yiddishkeit and the greatness of tzaddikim in their true fashion, that you need to come on to lies in order to do this, then, then, then try again. From lying to people, even kids, from lying, you will never, you will not get any, it was the, it's the wrong thing to do. That's not chinuch. One of the chach I have no idea who it was, but it's a good vort. Oh, he said, oh, what a tangled web we weave. What is it when we try to deceive or something like that? It's a, you, you know what kind of side effects there are of stories like this? The side effects are that when somebody sees stuff going on, or let's say somebody, some guttle doesn't know the metzias of something, whatever it is, 
he 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 will be unre- unwilling or unable to accept the fact that that somebody was fooled. The Benish Chai said this, the Divri they said it happened to Alicia, his Ruach HaKodesh, uh, did not uh, tell him things sometimes. He was full. Tanoim and Amoroyim, Baba Ben Buta. I have a motto. The best way, well, well, if you don't want to be disillusioned, make sure you're not illusioned to begin with. If you're not illusioned, you can't be disillusioned, right? Other religions need to make up stories about their their righteous people because they don't have real stuff. We don't need to make stuff up. If you don't know how to explain things to people without lying, then, then, then try again. The price to pay for lying to people and telling people that everybody that, that I don't know, that gets showcased in a magazine as a gadol is has ruach hakodesh, and when somebody comes to him, he knows for sure what he's thinking, and it's impossible to fool him. And we 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 all know. Now I don't know what everybody knows, but I am zich. I would put money that everybody here knows various instances that such an attitude led to something bad, disaster. And there's no reason that we should have to lie to people about it. If you do lie, it's not even going to work. Number one, it's, it, there's no reason. Number two, it's not going to work. It just, it just backfires sooner or later. I'll give you a final vort. It's not even a chiddish, it's just an observation. And, and this may be another one of the, a similar thing to what the, the Vayar Moshe brings about Elio Novi and about... Um, uh, and he brings another incident also that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made things happen in order to teach us lessons. Everybody knows the uh, Shalah who quotes the Drushas Haran that says the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was in Arol Svasayim, the reason Moshe was in Arol Svasayim was because nobody should think that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, succeeded in becoming the Manig of Klal Yisrael because of his great speaking skills. He was Dafka a bad orator. Dafka, he stuttered, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted people to understand uh, the reason why we followed Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, that's a lesson. It's an important lesson, no question about it. But what price are you paying for that lesson? We know that only 20%, Chamushim Olu, one out of five Jews left Egypt. The others stayed in Egypt, maybe like Dosen Vaviram, or they died during the days of Choshech. Had Moshe Rabbeinu been an eloquent speaker, don't you think more people would have survived and gone out and become from and not been Oivdeh Avoidezara? So I understand that, that we want to understand the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, but, but is it worth it? Well, Teretz's vice to Chois, yeah. That, that it's not even a question of worth it. That's not a reason to follow people. If the reason you're following somebody is because he's a great speaker, you're doomed. How many times people tell me, Mamish, all the time, all the time somebody tells me, my wife heard 
on the internet from this and this rabbi, this and this shtus. So I always say, well, why is your wife listening to this and this guy? Somebody saying he knows for sure Mashiach is coming this year. Another guy will say, I know you have to vote for the WZO. Why are you listening to these people? Well, he's a good speaker. No, hello, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu sacrificed these people who stayed in Egypt and died in the days of Chayshech in order to teach us that you don't follow people because they're good speakers. And if you do, look, look at the price that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had the uh, price. Look, it's not HaKadosh Baruch Hu killed these people. They chose on their own to be Oivdei Avoy Dezora, right? So it's not like like uh, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's fault that they made the bad choice, but they could have been saved, uh, presumably. And yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not save them didn't, or did not give them this gift that uh, undeservedly, to be sure, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not save them because this is not, this is not the way to follow people. In long-term, greater, greater good, it's net negative. If you are listening to anybody, you or whatever, because he's a good speaker, bad, bad. If he has qualifications, if he's a great uh, Torah scholar and a tzaddik and Yerushalayim and, and, and all of that, and he's also a good speaker, then wonderful, that's icing on the cake. But if the answer is, why are you listening to this guy, is because, well, he's a good speaker, then forget it. Go listen to, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln or something. And that's where the problems start. Then you're stuck. So then you have a guy who's showcased by some people because he's a good speaker. Now he can attract people. So he attracts people. Now people follow him and now they make him. And what are you going to tell him? Well, the guy's a schnook. What are you going to tell the people after the guy falls? After the guy's in his gala kolonoi? You're going to say he's a schnook? Now you're stuck. So they have to say, as Ruach HaKodesh. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu maybe takol al yodam, and 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 that's really not even the point of what I said tonight. Forget about that. Forget about unqualified people being held up for a position that they don't deserve. Forget that now. We're talking about somebody who deserves to be called a tzaddik and a goyin and a talmud chacham and all of the above, and das Torah. But he doesn't have the facts. He doesn't have the information. Such a person is qualified to be a big tzaddik. He's qualified to be a big Talmud Chochem. If you have a question, Pshat Narajba, go straight to him. If you want a bracha, go straight to him. But to be a leader in Klali's role, to deal with people, to actually protect people from bad influences or, or to, to lead Klal Yisrael, he is not qualified. He's not qualified to be a sheikhid either because he knows in theory there's a, such a thing as a konan of Aishit and he knows such a, uh, such a theory that there's such a thing as a knife, but, but in real life, did he ever study the biology of the, of, of the cow? If he doesn't know where the konan, if he didn't look at cow pictures, then he's not qualified. A cipher in theory could know everything, but he doesn't know how to make a coolness. He's not going to be able to, to, to scratch out one letter. And if a person is, doesn't know the umness, there's an umness of being a manig. If he doesn't know that, then fine, he could be a very great person, but 
it, it's it's rare to find. And and like the the Satan Rebbe said, un- unfortunately, you know, it's Neskat no Hadoyris. Usually, usually, it's either you're going to find Edla Tamimistika people who are Yirei Shamayim, and on the other hand, you're going to find uh, shrewd people who are not. And it's very hard to find both in one. But if you do, then you have somebody who's qualified to be a manhig. I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> the Lamaisa. I have over here another story. This is, a, this is a Yiddish book. I'll translate it as I, as I read it. <laughs> Listen to this and uh, how people, you know, a, a lot of people don't know this. I was by me and my son. We were by Reb Moshe Sternbach a few years ago when I went to him, five years ago, or time flies, when I went to him to get a haskama for my book. So I was there with my son. And um, he said, uh, he said, it was kind of a joke, but the, the bottom line is true. Basically, he said that, you know, the Satmar Rebbe said that the Derech HaBal Shem Tov was not meant forever. It was a Hiros Shaw meant for 150 years. Like, until the Divrachayim's time, until and when Divrachayim was Nifta, it was no more Derech Abal Shemtov, approximately. He said, Reb Moshe Sternbach, he told us when Satan Rebbe said that, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he went wild. How could it be? It's not true. We have Chesidus, we're Chesidus, we're Chesidim, etc. So Reb Moshe Sternbach said, as a joke, he says, I'm going to make Elu Velu. I'm going to make, they're both true. It's true, Darach HaVal Shem was only for 150 years, but it doesn't mean that after 150 years, the Chassidim won't be Chassidim. It means even the Misnagdim are going to become Chassidim. He said the Litvish Gedolim, he mentioned somebody, I don't want to say who. He says, he's a Rebbe. He has Chassidim. He says, I remember of Chaim Moise, how it was by Reb Chaim Moise. He says, he, that's what he said, he remembers of Chaim Moise. Reb Chaim Moise had 10, 20 people at the most. Uh, why did somebody go to Reb Chaim Moise if they, they didn't have anybody else to go to? Nobody came, so they came to Reb Chaim Moise today. You have people waiting on lines for brochus and this, for all sorts of eitzes, hocus-pocus, spooky stuff. Their mamish, may, their mamish have rebbes. So, so the truth is, in order for Moshe Sternbach's avort to work, you have to say, Zichah Derech HaVal Shem Tov because this wasn't the Rebbe's the Baal Shem Tov meant. Now here's the story that I wanted to say, speaking of which. There were two Choshev Talmidei Chachamim who were good friends. One became Aruv in a Kehillah. And one day, the Ruv in the Kehillah, he stayed in his Dalaramas all his life, but one day he had to go out into the world to take care of his passport. Okay. And his friend, his good friend that grew up with him all his life said, you know, uh, you're, you're, for the first time in your life, and he's already an adult, he's going out and going out into the world. Um, you should know it's not like by your Dalaramas, you won't be able to have control over what you see and what you hear. Just be careful. So this Ruv answered, it's well known as since somebody is appointed from Shemayim to be the head of an Eidah in Klal Yisrael, he has a special siyata de Shemaya, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him 
makes him careful min hashamayim, that he's not that he doesn't have nisyonis, not uncovered, not in piersum, nothing. Does that stim with what we said tonight and last time? No. So the friend, the other guy, he went to the Satmar Rebbe and he told him what his friend said. So the Satmar Rebbe said, Number one, Erstens. Who told him that he was appointed Menashemayim? And not, not, not who told him. Who convinced him? Who convinced him that he was Nismanim Menashemayim? What Nismanim Menashemayim? Please, like we said, if you point a roof, not for the shame Shemayim reasons, you have your own uh, reasons, maybe. He, 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 he's a good speaker. As opposed to his year of Shemayim, or he doesn't, or, or even bad reasons. He's going to be makel. He's going to be a nice guy. He's going to let you do this, or he's going to give you covet or something. Forget about it. He's not nismanim in Hashemayim. Tzveitens. Even if we're going to take, even if we're going to accept his einrednish, that he's nismanim in Hashemayim. Where's the marker? Where does it say that because somebody's nismanim in Hashemayim, he won't be nichshel? It says no such thing anywhere. He says, take a look at, take a look at Yeruvim ben Avot and Achav and others, even though they were Nismana min Hashemayim to be kings over Yidin. They were later Nishal in Avoyde Zorah. So, viazoi ken ahainte gemensch zogin, metaza zichakait, as vi balders Nismana gewon min Hashemayim zu sein amanik fa Yidin, vet der zichen nisch nichschel werden, in Kein Shumzach. So the lesson is don't be disillusioned. These lies that people say, either on purpose or by accident, because now it's already Niskabel, people don't even know this. This is why Sam Rebbe had to write and speak about it so, so much, because had to knock it into people's heads, people don't realize this. Is the, the false ideas we'll put it that way, that people have false ideas are never good. And these particular false ideas lead to a lot of disillusionment and a lot of cynicism and a lot of people losing faith in things they should have faith in. And that's a very bad thing. So that's, I, I covered everything.